<laughs> Guys, welcome to the Big Trouble Podcast, episode 219. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Zach. Chaz. There you go. Dude, the way you do it. The way you did it. That's the closest we've done. Yeah. The way you put on a smile. Whack. <laughs> I'm cool as fuck. <laughs> the foot stance is always what gets me. It's so specific to say, it's foot stance. Whack. <laughs> oh, man. But. Anyway, guys, um, we're going to be doing Mel Brooks Month because Chaz has chosen the theme, and we're going to be talking about Dracula Dead and Loving It. But before we get into that, guys, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? I'm going to do it backwards. Chaz, what have you been watching, playing, or doing? Uh, well, I've been sick of shit, and I think that means I'd be laying around and and doing lots of, of different things, but no, I've just been a vegetable and not really watched much of anything. I've just like absorbed whatever through osmosis. Um, uh, puttered around with some, some Pokemon cards. I did get that new Charizard box. Things sweet. Yeah, it was fun- cool. But I'm not, I'm not gonna- it's funny because oh, on Facebook, I was like, hey, I'm just going to drop this link in here because I know Andy and, and Chaz have been playing Pokemon, but I knew, like, Chaz would be the... that Chaz was my mark. So I <laughs> I dropped the link, and he's like, I already got that. I thought that was funny. Yeah, Actually, yeah, if you look up at the top... Money. See, it's uh, up at the top there, uh, near the, the Captain America shield. Mm. That is the unopened one. That that one's just sitting there for a rainy day. I have, I have not opened it yet. The other one I've opened, I didn't get very much in terms of the facts. I mean, the, po- the Charizard cards are obviously valuable, but... The other stuff not so much but uh yeah uh i did play at a pokemon event and i won so that was cool but it was like a small little thing so nothing nothing to brag about but so you're like uh, you're like jeff jarrett going to dojos just fucking owning children <laughs> yeah yeah mostly yeah yep nice yeah it's, it's fun uh let's see i yeah, I've not played any video games. I don't know what's going on there. I'm like in a black hole of like video game playing. I've just not touched anything lately. I think it's because I'm waiting to just unload on all the games that are coming out in a literal week. But I'm for now I'm not touching anything else really. Uh occasional rock band. Oh, I did I I did actually start playing uh Pokemon online, um, with trading card game. Mostly because I, I just wanted to get those cards turned in and see if I could get anything out of it. Uh, but that's really, but I mean, not anything substantial. Um, let's see. And then I did watch uh, a couple of, of movies uh, that I can remember that it wasn't in a febrile stupor. Um, I watched uh, Kindergarten Cop. My <laughs> wife. I love that movie. Which, yeah, it's a funny, it's a good movie. Uh, it's strong 90s vibes. It's great. But, uh, hilariously she's just been wanting to watch it for a while and we finally had a chance we've sat down and watched it together like a little like date night after uh our daughter went to bed and uh yeah i i I don't know i don't remember ever watching that movie start to finish at least for a long time i remember just like knowing clearly what it's about and watching all the like the the more well-known scenes or something but it was fun and then i learned that there is a kindergarten cop 2 which is the direct sequel it's it is it is the spiritual sequel, which came out in 2016. So 26 mm. years later, 
uh, and it stars Dolph Lundgren, and <laughs> Bill Bellamy. So what? they are deep in the tank. Yeah, I have yet to watch it, but that will be happening soon. <laughs> so, I just that. I remember the part. No, it's not a tumor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Girls have it's... vagina. Boys have penis. That, that, is, that is also a, a thing. That no, the big Arnoldisms in that movie are: Are you eating other people's lunches? Yeah. Stop it! Yeah. I, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you eating other people's lunches? <laughs> yeah. I always love that he's and just like shaking the child that he just like drops all the food out of his mouth. <laughs> and to, to give it the Arnold vigor, are you eat, why are you eating other people's lunches? Stop it! <laughs> he gets so aggressive, and the kid just like lets it fall out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty funny. Other than that, anything else? Ah, uh, nah, just work sucks. That's about it. Yes, work, work, work boo, play a. Yeah, that uh, that shining saying, "All work but no play," makes us a dull boy. Anyway, all work and no beer make Homer go something something, or make <laughs> Homer something something. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, what about you? What the hell you been watching, playing, or doing? Uh, let's see. I got Bayonetta three. Been playing it. Uh, I'm like a few hours into it. Um, it's fine. It's good. Uh, Jennifer Hale does fine as Bayonetta. It's it, it's a natural fit. Um. Sometimes I can't. You mean tell that professional if... voice actress was able to fill that role? Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. She earned her four hundred dollars. I mean, she well, arbitrarily made. Some people might get bothered by. Look, she did changes. it for exposure. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's pro bono. <laughs> Trying to derail what I'm saying. I'm being like objectively critical here. <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry. We're, we're yeah. with you. Uh, I don't even give a shit about that. I'm like over it anyway. But uh, let's see. They, they do a little bit different stuff with the gameplay this time uh, where it's kind of like, did anybody play Devil May Cry 5? Not no. 5. God damn, y'all are sorry. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> like, I thought they were bad after 3 or something. I, I never really got the no. final word on that. No, no the only one that's no. bad is DMC. Fucking oh. avoid that. Yeah. Yeah, that remake was just weird. Oh, and two. Although, don't play, yeah, don't play two. Cry, yeah, yeah, Devil May Cry Two is a very bad game. It's 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 one, three, four, and five. I haven't got to play five yet, but I've heard good things. Are you talking about like the system? How it's like you change like the style of how you fight? No, there's a character they added in five called V, and uh, his combat style is very different from the other two characters, which. Mm-hmm. They try to make uh, Nero play a little differently from Dante in that game, like even more. But uh, mm-hmm. V's thing is he summons demons and uh, uses them to attack the other demons, and that's kind of what they do in Bayonetta a little bit, except th- that she can still do all of her stuff. So it's like they they mashed those two ideas together and didn't take anything away. In both instances, <laughs> it makes me think about Shimigami a little bit. I guess. <laughs> but, uh, They're like, how can we make Bayonetta more accessible to, to large audiences? Well, people like Pokemon. Let's give her demon pets. <laughs> you don't catch demon there pets, though. You just you just get them. You get more from playing the game. But well, you uh, would. 
Yeah, you, you wouldn't just catch demons. I mean, they're demons. They're just there. I mean, you catch demons in SMT, in, in Persona. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. But uh, And it did it before Pokemon, by the way. Uh, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm trying to get ripped off. I'm trying to get uh, sued. Uh, I, it might make the game a touch easier for some people though because it's like you can do you can control these big demons and fuck people up but you can't you're vulnerable while you're doing it so if some other monster comes around and attacks you from behind you're gonna get hit oh like she she stands stationary while you're controlling a demon or whatever yeah oh you have to it's kind of like a risk reward thing but um she can't break concentration yeah pretty much and uh, let's see, I've started to get ready to play Resident Evil 8 Village again uh, since the DLC came out, but I haven't really gotten that ball rolling yet. Um, took a lot of time to install it and update it and download everything. And even downloaded Reverse in the attempt to go ahead and try to play it because that thing finally fucking dropped. <laughs> I can't even play because I don't have PSN subscription right now, so it's like fuck. Ain't missing a lot anyway. Yeah, I'm hearing <laughs> Is like a squad shooter or something. No, that's yeah. the big versus game. It's where everybody's just like a free for all thing. It's it's you fight people and you could choose any character and and when you get shot you turn into like a an enemy pretty much. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, I've heard some people say it's okay. I've heard some people say this is fucking the shits. I don't know. <laughs> um, That's, yeah, that sounds about right. I have watched uh, three more movies. I've watched VHS 2, uh, VHS Viral, <laughs> and then I watched Hocus Pocus 2. And uh, VHS movies got better. I like the second one is, is significantly better than the first one. Uh, viral is interesting. They try to do a little bit of different stuff. It doesn't feel like found footage as much in that one, but it's like instead it's just like a bunch of shorts. One was like about some guy who got like Harry Houdini's fucking cloak or whatever and said he was Houdini abandoned using it because he was scared of it or some shit. And he's like a he's turning into like a legit magician. He can fucking teleport and throw fireballs and shit. Yes. <laughs> And then, like, it, the they whole segment turned into, like, this thing where he was, like, the, the cloak needed to be fed people so it could grant its users power. And it turned into a wizard battle at the end. Because there was this well, girl that doesn't who, sound scary. That sounds badass. It sounded, yeah, it was fucking yeah. cool. And I was like, honestly, they should make this a whole movie. Like, they did that <laughs> other that other short. Because, like, there was this chick who was, like, one of his assistants. She was like, I want to be a... I want to be a full-fledged magician. I don't want to just be an assistant. He taught her a few things. And they had a wizard battle. <laughs> but, it's like things I've always wanted in life. I wanted live-action Fantasia with a little shock of horrors. Yeah, kind of, except it was a lot more horrific. Uh, Hocus Pocus 2 was uh, fine. It was pretty good, I guess. I, I don't know. I guess some people fucking hate it. Uh, I don't know why. But... <laughs> I kind of felt like yeah, it did what I, it needed to do. <laughs> I heard all the bad stuff about it, and I was like, okay, I haven't watched it yet because all the my wife and all her girlfriends watched it, and they weren't they weren't pleased. They were like, yes, this is a nostalgia milking. We are not happy. Isn't that what you all fucking wanted? <laughs> I wanted them to reinvent Hocus Pocus. 
It's it's like I thought yeah. they wanted a sequel to that movie for so long, but this is this is coming from somebody that was never attached to this at all. Did I have right. no nostalgia for this. I never watched it. I watched the second one, like a couple weeks after watching the first one. I was like, yeah, the first one's good. Then I watched this one. I'm like, yeah, it was pretty good. It's okay. It's not as good as the first one, but it's still good. But you have yeah. watched the first one. So who 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 hasn't watched Hocus Pocus one now? I never have. Me either. And Dubs. Okay. It still blows my mind that only recently you had watched the the first one, and no one else had watched it. <laughs> It's a, it's a good movie. Swift the whole, oh, well. the whole has not seen it. I also saw an interview with uh, Paul Morgan Stetler, a guy who was uh, in a game, an FMV game back in the day, uh, Phantasmagoria 2. I think the first one's more popular than the second. Yes. But uh, he did an interview with Noah Antweiler, the spooty one who dropped off the face of the earth like fucking six or eight years ago. And it was weird. Like I was like, holy shit, is this real? And he seems normal. Like he seems fine. And the interview was pretty cordial, friendly and down to earth, excuse me. Um, and he kind of intimated that he was going to be working on some projects and they were going to do like another interview down the road, possibly a Q&A or something. So that's pretty awesome that he, like, resurfaced and he's okay. <laughs> yeah, the 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 reason that's a big deal is hard to explain unless you've been, like, a fan of Spoonie in the past, I guess. But you know, like, like Zach says, he dropped off face of the earth and became a bit of an internet lol cow. And yeah, he struggled with depression, presumably, and lost his house, I believe, and moved somewhere. No one really he moved back sure. home. Yeah, back home to his family near his brother or some such. And but yeah, he seemed fine. Gave a really good interview. I enjoyed it as well. And uh, he, he talks about he's going to review a D and D movie. I hope something comes of that. I'm glad he's okay. Because like, goddamn, for a couple of years there, I thought this guy's going to fucking kill himself or something. <laughs> I'm gonna get on the internet one day and he's gonna be dead. Um he should do another stream of Phantasmagoria too. That's like one of my favorite content. That and the sw- the SWAT uh videos. Oh my god, yeah, those were yeah. prime. <laughs> I mean the internet uh, the internet celebrityism uh kind of fucks with people, man. Uh because all those content creators um that were part of that uh, group like they all like most of them fell i mean some are still standing but not as what they once once were in the youtube i want to say like in the mid uh like about like 2010 2011 era all except james rolf he's the only one that never got corrupted <laughs> well, I mostly heard po- i heard his podcast is trash it they they canceled it it's yeah. it's done uh, well we're talking about people that like just go ape shit or you find shady stuff or yeah know. no james rolf was wise in that he just kind of distanced himself from any possible form of of drama or anything and it it kind of had the side effect of making him seem standoffish but i guess he has that autobiography he wants to release at some point so i'm, I'm in for that yeah i mean he's the only guy that never like yeah is everything you ever done ever been great no uh, but he's never gone ape shit on the fans or lost his mind or been involved in scandals or any of that stuff. So, and that's everything I've been doing. Though. 
You know who else has a happy video gamer or happy video <laughs> yeah, gamer? Yeah, yeah, him too. Derek. <laughs> yeah, Hi, right. Derek. He's still great. <laughs> Andy, what have you been watching, playing, or doing? Real quick, Zach, you're displaying something on your CRT back there, but the, there's a glare on it. I I can't tell. Oh, what it's, it a, is. it's a it's a it's a Venom Venom edition pop okay. figure. It, it seemed like you wanted us wanted everyone to see it, but I, I couldn't. Well, it's because I had the side monitor on that had all my notes of what I did. But uh, I got it for my birthday. Um, he glows in the dark and shit. It's cool. You won't really be able to tell. You see, yeah. his, his drool will glow. Cool. Um, yeah, it's neat. sweet. It's like McFarlane Venom too, right? It's from the look at it. Uh, around that time, I yeah. want to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway, I... Uh, I I've had an impossible work schedule recently, so I haven't really played any of your games, not even Metal Gear or anything else, which kind of sucks. But um, I watched a few episodes of the new season of Big Mouth. It's funny. What do you expect? It's the same. Um, Today, I finally started uh, the new season. New season. It's months old at this point. Of Cobra Kai. I'm enjoying that, but I'm not done with it yet, so it's not worth (laughs) talking about. Um, And I've watched two movies uh, I watched The Bad Batch, which is not the Star Wars television show. It's a movie from like 2016 or something. It's got uh, it's got Jason Momoa in it, as well as Keanu Reeves and Jim Carrey and a bunch of other losers. And um, you'd think with that cast, that would be a good movie. The movie is boring as hell. It is terrible. <laughs> I do not recommend it at all. Uh, it's got a few like moments in it, but it's not worth the two hour watch time uh jason momoa plays this um this huge well of course he's a huge muscular guy he's jason momoa he plays a guy named miami man and he's a cannibal and it's it's got he's a cannibal eats people and uh it's like it takes place in um somewhere in the southwest in the near future they've like uh cordoned off this huge section of desert and they just throw criminals in there it's kind of like escape from new york except instead of a major city it's the desert so they're just like throwing anyone who commits any kind of crime into this place. And it's just like lawless. And um, Keanu Reeves is in it. And he like runs this city and he has like this huge harem of women, but he's only in the movie, like a teeny tiny bit. And uh, Jim Carrey uh, just pushes a shopping cart around the desert and is a nice guy and doesn't speak once the whole movie. So all these characters sound cool, but everything I just told you takes up like five minutes of the 120 minute runtime. The rest of the movie is like, wow, I don't give a fuck about this. So I don't really recommend it. It sucks. Um, And then I watched John Carpenter's Vampires for the first time ever. Yeah. uh, James Woods. Yeah. James Woods is great in it. And uh, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about it. Like it wasn't a bad movie, but I kind of get... Honestly, I've had people tell me it's good, and I've had people tell me it's bad, and I immediately understand all of them. To me, it's just fine. It's yeah, like it's like right there in the middle. You can put it on the background, and it's cool. Um, you know, it just—it's kind of like a—it's more like a ride. It's not. There's not really a plot. Right. There's, there's not like I never felt like I was rooting for anyone specifically. No, everybody's dicks. Yeah, everyone's like a <laughs> fucking asshole. Like the only person like they get joined halfway through the movie by the the new priest, the new padre. He's yeah. kind of likable, but everyone else sucks. Like, he's, you know, I I yeah. want to like James Woods cuz he's James Woods, but man, he's just a fucking prick the whole movie and it's eh, I don't and Of course the vampires are vampires. They're bad guys, so 
I don't know, but it's a neat movie. It had some neat set pieces. And yeah, like you say, if it's ever like on, I'll just leave it on in the background one day. But I don't need to own the, the fancy collector's edition Blu-ray of it or anything like that. No, it's it's a lesser <laughs> Carpenter, sadly. But I, I marked it off the list. I want to see every John Carpenter movie. So same here. Scratch that one out. And that, that's all I had time for this week. All right. That means I'm up. Uh, so I started True, to De- True Detective Season 2. <laughs> True Detective. De- detective. Uh, True Defective. Yeah. Season 1 is a masterpiece, by the way. Which I've heard a- nothing but great stuff about it. So that might be my February, because it's only eight episodes, and we could do like two episodes per week, and that would be like close to like two hours, but that's down the road. Uh, uh, I'd be cool with that. I haven't watched that since the original, like... Like when it came out, mm-hmm. and it's some good stuff. There's a lot of but season two had a different had a different cast completely, right? Yeah, Colin Farrell's in it. He's like this angry uh, uh, cop uh, in this one, kind of like what uh, Matthew McConaughey's character was, but like an asshole, asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, his kid. I, I tell you an episode I got up to. Uh, it's it's not a spoiler, but it's funny. He, he goes up to this guy's house because uh, the guy guy's son in that house bullied his son. So the kid comes out. He's like, go get your father. I'm going to go be, beat his ass in front of you. <laughs> so he beats his father's ass in front of him. And then he turns to the kid. He said, make fun of my kid one more time. I'm going to butt fuck your father next time. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> alpha move. Yeah. Like, I'll show you I'll have sex with your dad if you yeah. touch my child. <laughs> yeah, I only so- do that to teach you a lesson. I have and- relations with women. That means you're gay. I just caught that, too. <laughs> Sneak that in. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it so far, but I've heard this is the weakest season because there is three seasons. And by the way, th- that show is like an anthology of like, uh, you know, true true crime shit, pretty much. Um, kind of like a Black Mirror where everybody is their own director and writer. Um, so, other things I did. Silent Hills 2, Beaten. Um, I didn't get a good rating, though. I got a 6 out of 10 stars. Oh, yeah. Who who won you guys' Silent Hill off? I, I think we're just doing this for fun, but where are you at, Zach? If you want to know the truth is I haven't played it for weeks because I experienced a a technical difficulty in my setup that bothered my autism and I refused to play it until I got it fixed. Okay. He, scared. <laughs> he was scared uh, of the fog. His, autist- my fucking, his no, autistic my, justice. My sound system was being shitty and I got mad, so I bought a new one. <laughs> I guess that'll solve the problem. Well, it's, it was it was a cheap fucking two-channel stereo receiver. Like a pile or something. Those aren't. That's not really a great brand, but it, I needed something in a pinch, and I bought it, and it did okay until uh, I've noticed it's kind of you hear like some weird bleeding and feedback. But uh, on that game especially, I noticed it really bad to the point where I was like, "This is fucking unplayable. I can't play this game like this." And I stopped and I bought like a Pioneer uh, stereo system from two thousand seven and had it shipped here. Nice. I but, uh, I, I still know. want you to finish it and see if you can beat my six stars. I yeah, I'm pretty sure you will. But okay, uh, I'll try. But keep going. Yeah. Um. 
I've done with Resident Evil 7, so the next time we uh, do our uh, Nemesis Project podcast, we'll we'll get into that. The, that cool. the, the DLC, I won't go into deep detail. It was okay. Like, I had fun through all of them. Um, yeah. Just, I just wish that, like, when Capcom does DLC with story, like, they actually put fucking more focus on it. Uh, and I'm, I've been hearing bad things about Rose, but that's for another time as well. Um, I heard the beginning part is, is good near the end and what they do is shitty, but anyway, um, movie wise, I don't think I've watched any movies. Actually, no, I lied. Me and my dad went on a Halloween binge. The Exorcist we watched, uh, we watched Puppet Master, the first movie. And then we watched uh, Hellraiser because he wanted to watch again. And I was like, oh, man, I already seen this, but okay. And then uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And my favorite Friday the 13th movie is without Jason is the first one, uh, which is kind of like I've seen my first Friday the 13th is when he went to Manhattan. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Guys oh, what a, yeah, yeah. oh, my God, that's. That's a great scene. The guy like boxes him all the way across the the rooftop, and then he says, "Hit me with your best shot, motherfucker!" And he takes one uppercut <laughs> and knocks his head off. Straight Mortal Kombat fatality style. My my favorite part of that movie is he's walking in the subway. This lady's just standing in his way. He fucking hip checks her into the seat. It just keeps on going. <laughs> I love that shit. But yeah, I I I cherished Friday the Thirteenth like the most out of all of them just because you built that story around that fucking psycho mom and you know her uh special needs son so yeah that's all yeah. i've done i mean it was kind of a neat concept because they went that whole like you talk about like the timing and stuff you have the slasher film but it turns out it's it is just some crazy lady that's doing all of it but then they get you at the, the very end it's it's almost like an ingenious thing it's like oh there really is like this kid and then it's like, wait, was she really doing it all? Was he involved at that point? But then, then it, you know, it goes off the rails with all the nonsense. It's, mm. uh, that's the same thing. I got a quick addendum to make. I, I forgot something that I watched. I watched Terrifier 2, the movie that everybody was saying it made everybody sick and they were throwing up and they were having to go to the fucking hospital and shit. What is it? <laughs> Uh, Terrifier 2. Oh, uh, Terrifier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you said Chairfire. I was like, what? I heard Chairfire 2. Chairfire 2. Okay. No, I guess it's just a trick of the mic or the internet or something. But uh, no, Terrifier 2. Uh, and it didn't, I didn't expect it to do anything like that to me. I'm like super desensitized to like fucking gore and shit. And oftentimes I think it's funny. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it was. Babies. People need to do an autopsy. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> but uh, it was good though. Uh, the first Terrifier is good. Um, it's just a slasher, except this this clown guy is a fucking psychopath who enjoys fucking with people's guts and killing them in really gruesome ways. Um, this one had a cool synthwave soundtrack. It even had like a band in, and I recognized Boy Harsher, uh, which is like more like a dark wave uh, band. Uh, it's fucking cool. Uh, I liked it. I think there's, they left it open to do a three, uh, a third one. And Chris Jericho was in it. They advertised that. And like the whole movie went by. I'm like, where the fuck is he? I didn't see him at all. There was like this whole end sequence that it was like the credits start. And then they show like another sequence for like a few minutes. He's in that sequence. 
But uh, mm. pretty pretty good movie though. Yeah, no no illness happened. That's good. Uh, I want to end, and this is gonna sound weird because I I I watched a lot of YouTube videos about True Detective season one, so like fucking Matthew McConaughey's been on my mind. <laughs> so I had a dream the other night. Did and... he give you a Lincoln? No, but it was kind of close. He did he become I... your football coach? No. Buy weed off you? No. All right, all right, all right, all right. right, right. right. (laughs) He'd be a lot cooler if he did. (laughs) Did you get did did you get convicted of murder because because you killed someone? It was a it was a hate crime, and he defended you in court. No, not the Lincoln lawyer. (laughs) Well, which one? Either, but whatever. It's he he did that a couple times, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, I'm like at an Applebee's. I don't know why. Of course. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah, as you do. I, I, I where, walk, where dreams happen. I, I walk in. I go to the bar area, order a uh, Jack and Coke, and then out of nowhere, Matthew McConaughey comes up, you know, the side me. And we started talking about dirt. He's like, you know what I like about dirt? I like the ones that are clay. And it's nice color. Nice dense. And he's like talking about it. I'm like, okay, cool. I like dirt, too. And he's like talks about different dirt. He's like, I've been to the Sahara Desert, and that uh, that dirt is cool. Have you seen like, the movie yes. Sahara? Yeah, it's a good movie. Good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he like named all the dirts, and then I woke up and I said, "Wow, I did not have a gummy before bed. This is fucking wild. This is true detective." <laughs> you didn't shit. even get to the part where you made out with him. Yeah, I, I fucking yeah, I sucked his dick. He great. fucked. He he beat him up in front of his son and fucked him in the ass to show dominance. That's what he did. So to make sure I can describe this, I'll summarize what you just said. Yeah. You you had a dream about being in an Applebee's and having a legitimate conversation with Matthew McConaughey about the different forms of dirt and the dirt that you like, mm. like in a lot of detail. That, that's. What does that, that mean? Drugs are bad. What, what is drugs what, are bad? What it symbolizes that? Like like what is happening? I, 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 Am I gonna die? <laughs> no, you need die? to. I think you need to get into gardening. I think is what that's about. Oh shit! You Fuck got it. a green thumb and you just never knew it. World War Three is happening. I need to learn how to grow. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's actually telling you to get ready. We're going to Mars. <laughs> gonna have my Mars dirt. Anyway, guys, that let's get into some Mel Brooks Dracula Dead and loving it. So, Chaz, I got a question for you. Why did you pick this as the first movie? Great question. Okay. Yeah. So, I had three reasons for picking this movie anyway within my list. Because uh, I actually don't like this movie that much. It's okay. Spoilers. But we'll we'll get to it. Uh, But uh, I I picked it for three reasons. One, uh, the transition from Halloween and us being somewhat fresh off of doing the other Dracula stuff. I thought was relevant, and we have a, a mutual friend who, uh, for not a very long time, for a brief time, argued at a at a party that we'd had about how this film had the best, or not sorry, not the best, but the most accurate adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh. That was that was the argument. Not not that it's the best one, but it was the most accurate, like to the book. Even so, that one's in dispute now. I can, can't confirm. Well, well, and I wonder too because I don't feel like it fits either. Now that I've went back and watched it, because it's been a while since I watched this movie. I've only watched it. This is the second time. Um, 
The second uh, reason I chose it is because this is often regarded as the worst movie that Mel Brooks directed. So I thought, well, we're going to start with the bar being very low because I think that's that's just an interesting uh, dispute. Um, actually, that's that's three. Two was The Friend. One was Halloween, and then the third was, was that. Sorry. So I mean, the two things. But I, I don't want to jump to the end. This movie is I didn't like it that much. I don't know which one I like less though. This one or Twelve Chairs. It's definitely one of those. One of those is the worst Mel Brooks movie. So the the two films, if you and just if this is just if you Google and just pull up any like bullshit thing someone comes up with like best or all of Mel Brooks's films ranked yada yada, they'll go through all their list. Almost universally, Dracula Dead and Loving It is the last place movie. The only other thing I think that was below it once was Life Stinks, which I've actually never watched. That's um, the only now that we've seen this, that's the only Mel Brooks movie I've never seen. Yeah, it's um out of the films that are on his list, I've never watched uh, Life Stinks, and I've never watched uh, I've never watched High Anxiety, which I probably should watch. It's the Hitchcock. Hitchcock uh, yeah, it's pretty parody, good, right? Yeah, yeah, I've heard good things. Um, I also hate Twelve Chairs. Twelve Chairs is actually my least favorite. Yeah, it's my least. It was I my least favorite movie. until now, and now I'm like, yeah, it could be either one. I I just think I just am not a fan of that at all. I. Still kind of like this because some of the the humor is just really stupid and Leslie Nielsen's just like great in like the, the random stuff he does, but it almost doesn't feel like a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, like it does and it doesn't, and I think that's that's part of some of the issues with the movie. Um, I mean, we don't have to beat uh, beat for beat with the story with this. I think this is an easy thing to talk because we spent an entire month if people were following the the show and listening, uh, talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula. It is pretty to a T what the Bram Stoker's Dracula films are, but they add the whole point of this is that it is that humor parody. It's, it's Mel, Mel Brooks's twist on it with, to have little jokes in it um, throughout, but effectively Renfield comes to be a solicitor, comes to Transylvania, goes to the Carpathian mountains, finds Dracula, Dracula turns him into his minion they go across the sea after he purchases the land. He goes and terrorizes some people. And then Jonathan and Mina Harker and their family get together with Van Helsing and try to stop Dracula before he kills everybody. Yeah. And they su- Spoilers, they succeed. Dracula dies. Kind of. <gasps> Except this, the, the version of this is extra weird, but kind of goofy. With the whole the the bat animation with Leslie Nielsen's head on it, it's just, I love that part. <laughs> that I did. I do too. But that that's that's what I like most about this movie is that there are a lot of people that really criticize this movie because the stupid is like, oh, this doesn't belong here, and it gets all this lowbrow like criticism. I actually like that because it, it just it's taking the piss out of it. It's just funny. And so that I, I, I that's what I like about it. I will say there are things they do in this film too many times. Like, they're very similar uh, jokes. And it's just the classic Mel Brooks thing. It's like to make a bad pun about something and be too literal with what's said. But they do it a lot. Like, I think I counted... I think I counted 15 or 16 different times that happens in this movie. It's just the same type of joke. So, I think that is is something that's like, okay, it happened a few too many times. But, uh, but there are some funny things. One of the lines that I love in this, I always come back to it, though, in general, is... Uh, the scene with um, whenever they are first bringing Renfield to Dr. Seward and he's like, oh, so-and-so's having a conniption fit. And he says, ah, oh, give him an enema. And the guy's just like, what? 
<laughs> and he says, yeah, it, it'll make you have a sense of accomplishment. I love what that. I remember hearing that, that in medical funny. school. Yeah. And that is a hilarious thing to hear anyway. All psychiatrists always make that, that joke. I remember going to so many different lectures and that gets brought up like, oh, this is how we treat people. We just give them an enema to make them feel better about themselves. But then, of course, he keeps the joke going and he wants to fix everything with an enema in the film. <laughs> when Renfield uh, runs away, no, not another enema. <laughs> yeah, not another. Well, it's to me, it's it's even better. Like his his own daughter is like having this weird affliction. He hasn't figured out. He's like, ah, just give her an enema. <laughs> his go to. You just think like, an enema would flush. help? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he, it's his go to. It's like I flush him out. Uh, but yeah, it's uh there there are some things that are humorous. Uh, throughout the film, but I, I think there's some diminishing returns because they do play on the, some of the same jokes. Um, another one that I, but I like it, but a lot of other people don't enjoy it. Uh, the back and forth between Dracula and Van Helsing when they start talking the Moldavian. So I included my That's name. like one of the funniest he, parts of the movie. I think so too, but there are people that don't like that. Where oh, he's always, you always have to have the last laugh. <laughs> he always, like Even at the very end, whenever the film's over and he lifts mm-hmm. up with a casket and yells the last word. It's like you petty piece of shit. <laughs> Just let it go. I didn't think it was that funny for the record. Yeah. I, I I liked it, but a lot of people don't. I think that's the problem is if you don't if you don't like some of the little stupid bits in the movie, then you probably just hate this movie. If you like it, then you're like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, like, this isn't a good movie. The beginning didn't feel like a Mel Burks movie. Like I got annoyed mm-hmm. right away when he was in the town and he was like, it's a little freaky. I was like, shut up. Yeah. yeah. I, I I agree with Dubs. Yep. This didn't feel like a Mel Brooks movie, basically until Mel just about when Mel Brooks turns up. Yep. Really, mm-hmm. <laughs> when Mel Brooks comes, uh, he was kind of like the who was the other Van Helsing guy that we said once he showed up in one of the Dracula movies. It was was it Anthony Hopkins? I think it was him, right? I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know what point you're trying to make. Here. What I'm trying to make is when <laughs> when this Van Helsing came in, I, I got interested in the movie with, oh, Mel, okay. with, with Mel Brooks. Oh, that's right. You didn't. Yeah, I forgot. You didn't like Bram Stoker's Dracula. You were like the only uh, one that didn't. Yeah. Opinion, your opinion doesn't matter, so we're gonna ignore that. Cool. Yeah, I will say, <laughs> I, I can. I, <laughs> wow, that harsh. I will defend Dubs in this. I think I get what he's saying. I know. I, I'm, I'm joking. Version, but but really, though, the Coppola version was a different take but it was intentionally a different take. Like they did some backstory. that was cool and a little different, but then like what you're saying, it doesn't really, really start to spin the wheels in terms of what the story is until Van Helsing's involved. I, I kind of get that. And I liked it. That's different. But uh, that this film though, it does not at all feel like it, but immediately when they introduce Van Helsing and he's in the autopsy thing and he does a 10 out of 10, that is okay. Mel Brooks is on screen. This is a Mel Brooks film. It helps a lot. Like there's a few kind of funny, like when uh, Renfield cuts his finger and he's like comically bleeding all over the place. I laughed oh. a little, but it still didn't feel Mel Brooksy enough for me. Yeah. The first time it, I, it I almost laughed, feels like uh, the first, the first oh, time I actually laughed is when he, he came to the castle and then, yeah, there's Leslie Nielsen up the stairs. He's got the funny wig, like he's making fun of mm-hmm. Bram Stoker's Dracula, and he takes these like, <laughs> it takes it off. It takes it oh, off. The, yeah. the children of the night, what a mess they make! And that bat takes a shit on the steps, and he slips on it. That got a legit laugh out of me, just because I didn't expect that to happen. I was like, oh okay. And then they don't really like yeah. do that kind of comedy anymore. <laughs> 
Not that I say, yeah. oh, you, I, that's the only comedy that makes me laugh, but it was just like, damn, that, was, <laughs> that came out. No, of it's 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 that dumb. Like it's the oh, what's his name now? It's the David Zucker like airplane naked gun type of comedy, which is not bad. It's just a different thing, and in almost in the same vein, Mel Brooks fits in it, but it still doesn't feel like it has Mel Brooks's like humor. Like Mel Brooks is usually a little more witty. Than yeah, it's being I, a, a, as superficial or I don't know. I, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like watching this movie, I can pick out the bits that Mel Brooks himself wrote because this movie had three or four screenwriters, and you know they probably all collaborated. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't like you know you always hear that horror story of like so and so wrote it, and then the studio took it and gave it to someone else. That's not what happened here. I'm sure they all just like uh -huh. contributed and and horsed around and, and made this script. But I feel like there are certain scenes where it's like, oh, Mel Brooks wrote this part. I'm sure of it. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah, you I can very clearly tell whenever his touch is on it. I still don't really know what it means for something to be a Mel Brooks movie yet because I've only seen one so far. Yeah, you you'll be able to triangulate it once we watch another one of the good ones because you've seen Young Frankenstein and you've seen this. The, yeah. the, well, the, and that's why I started with this. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Dubs. Oh no, no, I was gonna say, the way you'll know Mel Brooks' humor is a Jewish man from New York humor, and I can't explain that because it's Mel Brooks. As the, I, I believe, Mel Brooks is from New York, um, and he's also Jewish. And I, don't know, I feel like the, I, I kind of know what it, you're. Yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Gonna, I think. It is, I, I like saying this. You're gonna know what I mean, I think, but it's gonna sound really non-PC. But I, I don't mean it in that way. It's an endearing thing. Mm -hmm. It is Jewish barbershop humor. Yeah. <laughs> does that does that make sense? Like, it, it, it to me, it does. It's Jewish barbershop humor, but that's not a bad thing. It's, yeah, there, there's some Jewish kind of... in the sense that. It, it's. Are we saying Andy? Oh, there's some kind of like a mathematical. Like it's it's partially old Jewish comedy writing divided by they wouldn't put that in a movie anymore multiplied by women who only have huge cans and then <laughs> subtract something. There's like a Mel Brooks formula there. <laughs> there is. That's the other thing too is that timing wise, and this is the last film that Mel Brooks made. So this is also this is like the movie like it did not do well commercially. It bombed critically. It was not well received mel brooks has not made another film since how he did the producers so, well he produced the producers because yeah. it is a remake of his 1967 version of the producers oh yeah now, which is his first i, I do want to go on record saying both versions of the producers kick ass they are both excellent but i think i prefer the 67 one a little bit because it's got gene wilder in it yeah yeah so um Again, the re reason I picked this film was because of that that stigma there, but uh, because also I think it's it's good to kind of see where the lower point or one of the lower points is, but also largely it had to do with the Dracula tie-in that we already kind of had related. But uh, yeah, you're going to be able to see as as we watch more of the films that he does specifically what his his particular blend of humor is and be able to pick out things. Um, now, what I don't want to do is. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. Like the the movies that are in the higher the the higher end of his of ranking, in my opinion, we're we're gonna watch, but we're not watching them right away. I'm 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 holding off. We're gonna we're gonna get there, but we're wa we're watching them toward the end of the month. So, so we're gonna watch. Yeah, go back and realize after. 
I don't. If you're trying to get me into <laughs> Mel Brooks, that, but... if you're trying to get me into Mel Brooks, I don't know why you're picking lesser movies first. Yeah, just choose choose I'm the not... good ones. No, I'm no, okay. So to be fair. This is the only quote unquote bad Mel Brooks movie that I'm choosing. After this, if anyone doesn't like the movies that I picked, then I'm just gonna be offended because I think all the other ones I choose are great, and we're we're gonna have a a fun time arguing about why they're bad or good. All right, look, point blank. Point blank, did you choose Spaceballs? We watched Spaceballs. One hundred percent, we're watching Spaceballs. Okay, we're gonna have an argument about Spaceballs then. Oh, you don't like Spaceballs? I think oh, Spaceballs is wildly overrated. Oh man. Okay, that's that's fair. I don't think <laughs> it's I, still funny. It's still movie. a good movie, but it, it 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 can't even hold a candle to his better movies. I don't think. Oh no, no, I agree. It's it's not it's not anything close to to Young Frankenstein or Blazing Saddles. Uh, but it is still it's still in my top. It might be my top five, uh, but we'll we'll get there. If 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 that's the, I think the problem is is that I'm still torn between two movies and I don't know which of the two to pick. I was kind of just wait, gonna call it audible and just pick one at the end of this show it, based on how I feel. But I've decided I'm gonna leave it up to a vote, um, which we'll get to a little bit later. The other three are locked in. We are clearly gonna watch these other three films, and that is that. Um, because they're other than Young Frankenstein being tied into what we're watching, they're they're my my, my favorites basically. So, um, so th- that being said, uh, he has a very specific blend of humor, um, and it's also something that is somewhat timeless, and you don't see it anymore in a lot of other film, which is also great. It's what makes his films uh, stand the test of time in a way. Um, Unless the film kind of stinks, that's why this one doesn't hit as hit as well. But uh, in the other movies we're going to watch, or even when we watch Young and Frankenstein, Zach, uh, outside of the the podcast, you can see there there's there are things that they do in that movie that you don't you won't see in other films. Um, he almost invented some of the the techniques that are used in that in that way of comedy. Like, you know, again, you hear about Mel Brooks and some of the things he does in more modern comedy. There are a lot of people that try to emulate what he does and take a different twist to it um, because of, of what he's done. So that that's that's an important thing to take on, too. You see something and think, oh, well, this looks like this. Well, it's actually because it's actually emulating something he's done. But because, uh, again, like I mean, the, he's been doing films for decades. I mean, goodness. That's an easy way to make a horrible movie, trying to make a Mel Brooks movie and not be Mel Brooks. Yeah, what the heck? That's, that's, that's true. That, that's true. That's why spoof movies, some spoof movies hit, and they're rough. Um, mm. I think one of my favorite emulation of a Mel Brooks movie that's done right are, I think, some of David Zucker's movies. Like, I don't know if people are a fan of Naked Gun or, or Airplane, but I feel like those are Mel Brooksy movies that are awesome that aren't Mel Brooks movies, if that makes sense. Um, in a way, some of the scary movie franchises like that, again, that's, that's Zucker's stuff. But in a big way, it's not. And it's like, oh, that's why it's cringe. It's very, very cringe on like when you try to do something that doesn't fit or you try to take modern take to it and it doesn't fit. Yeah. Um, one of the other points of Mel Brooks stuff is that even though now in, in our our current time, it, this wouldn't even be a thought, but a lot of his comedy was thought to be very controversial. So, I mean, the producers in the 60s was very controversial uh, Blazing Saddles, seventies, very controversial, so on. I mean, anything of Facebook, like it, you don't think of it and watching it now, but back then it was a big deal. I feel so like I, though, I think of it. I mean, the producers features a song called "Springtime" for Hitler. 
what? No. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, uh, it, yeah. It's all like, you know, boner humor and and Boners? racist humor and stuff like that. I don't know. It was always very blue. <laughs> oh, no, it is. It's, it is. But I think that's the thing is that because of that, a lot of his films, even though they're, they're loved later, a lot of them are even kind of cult-like. There are a lot of films that weren't commercially successful because of it initially because, again, they just rubbed the wrong group or they rubbed some groups the wrong way when they came out. But Somebody rubbed something the wrong great way. Movies. <laughs> yeah. I'd let, I'd let her rub me the wrong way. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. By the end of the month, it will all make sense. If that <laughs> makes If that makes any sense. But, uh, no, it that's pretty clear. Listen. It's evident of what we're watching at the very end. I mean, it's very obvious we're watching Blazing Saddles last. Like, I will keep that as it is. That's that's what we're Space watching balls at the end. On Thanksgiving. Um, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Renfield, by the way, I think he's underrated in this. I I, I kind of enjoy. I agree, hundred percent. Why is it every Dracula movie? Dracula's the best. Renfield is the second best. <laughs> mm-hmm. He did. Yeah, he this did great... was really good. Great job emulating the guy that played him in Universal Dracula. Yes, down to the yeah, he's fucking got that laugh. Kind of weird laugh going on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, "Whoa, that's great!" Yeah. Holy hell, he looks just like him sometimes. He too. deserved a lot more credit for that. Like, I was looking him up because I was trying to figure out what I kept recognizing him from. And everyone's like, "Oh, he's in Ghostbusters too." But no, it wasn't that. He does the voice of X the Eliminator in the Harvey Birdman Attorney Law Show. Yep. That's I kept hearing it constantly. And I looked it up and ah. like, that's it. I knew it. I knew it was something like that. And he uh. was in Ally McBeal. He's in a lot of shit. Yeah, he's in a bunch of like really small bit stuff. And I was like, "Man, this guy's mm-hmm. I really like him. I, you know, I kind of would like to see him be in something bigger." But unfortunately, just due to how weird he is, like he'll always be a supporting character, I guess. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, but my, my favorite part in that is when he's, he's he's trying to sleep in Count Dracula's castle and the the, the Dracula babes are like rubbing their bodies like against furniture. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing in the furniture? <laughs> That's a good line. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Leslie Nielsen, like, I will say when him and Mel Brooks come together, they're like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, the mega powers. And they're awesome, especially when they're doing the last word bit. Uh, like, it seems a lot of it, they're just mm-hmm. doing it on the fly, and you could tell. Um, and Leslie Nielsen, when he's by himself, I always think of Naked Gun, where he's like, go, you, you go to sleep, you go over to the window, and, like, you get that stuff. That seems good, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would kill for, for Leslie Nielsen to have been in one of the really good Mel Brooks movies. God damn it, that would have just... Uh. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's it's just like it just did not work out. It's it's so sad. Yeah, and Harker, I think he's kind of underrated, by the way, because <laughs> he, he's uh he he was in the miniseries uh, The Shining that nobody watched. Um, oh, the one that's more based off the book or something. Yeah, one of the more that is more accurate to the book. I don't even remember who was Stephen Weber. Yeah, yeah Stephen Weber. Yeah. He looks familiar to me, but I I can't recall ever seeing him in anything. He didn't look familiar to me. He was in the but, show uh, didn't Wings. He was in Wings. Yeah, he was in Wings. Whoa, I never yeah. saw Wings. I'm funny when you said the show Wings. I was like, what? And then Wings, if I remember right, Wings is a a spinoff of Cheers. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I knew Frazier. It's fucking was. weird, right? Yeah. And Frazier. Yeah. But like, oh, <laughs> Cheers, is a, 
Here's one of like the most random things. There's like three different spinoff shows that are within the same universes as that show. And then when you learn all those things are together, you're like, wait, those are in the same universe? The Cheers yeah, Wings and Frasier. <laughs> the Cheers, the CCU. <laughs> <laughs> the, guy, the guy who played Harker in this, he had a couple of good lines too. Like I like the thing where they were at the play and he was like, I, I enjoy going to these plays. There's passion and romance and, and, and feeling everything that I try not to do in my own life. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about like that Br- British Victorian era repression shit. And um, yeah, oh, they touched on that the whole time. It's like, oh, I, I will not touch you. I really like uh, uh, when when what's her face is being controlled. She's a vampire now. She's coming on to him. Mina, and he's yeah. like, but I'm British. He's British. I liked when they were uh, they were in the room, her, him and Mina. And then she was like wanting him to touch him and shit. And he's like, I can't. No, no. And then like her father breaks. He's like, what are you doing? I, I let you in my house. You eat all my food. You're touching my daughter after you've been engaged to her for five years. <laughs> Can't you wait, you pervert? Uh, no, that, I, I thought that was funny too. I this is probably dumb because again, it's there's not anything behind it other than just being like just stupid. It's very it's very superficial. But yeah. whenever, um, whenever they are going to kill Lucy, and he's like, "No, you stake her." And he's like, I can't bear to do it. No, you have to do it. It has to be a loved one. Like, bullshit. Like, clearly it does not have to be a, someone that he loves. And he I only like her. Close enough. enough. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets annihilated. Like, he gets, like, the level. It's like, um, it reminds me of the iconic scene from Nightmare on Elm Street. When Johnny Depp gets sucked into the bed and he gets mm. shot no, that, back out that, in all the blood. That's, a, that's oh, the yes. second one, I think, isn't it? No, that's the, the first, first one. one. Is it the first one? I can't it's know. the original, yeah. It's just that iconic scene of like blood goes everywhere. But he just gets just doused in like a cannon of blood. And he's like, oh, she's not dead yet. She's almost there. And he goes back. <laughs> and then the follow-up after several minutes later, Sword sees him and says, why aren't you covered in blood? It's like, and he takes a second. Mel Brooks goes, it's it's all about location. You have to just know where to stand. I've been in a lot of stakings. <laughs> <And laughs> Doctor Seward, location, uh, location. Totally uh, underutilized Harvey Corman in this movie. I could have used a lot more of him being funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every, yeah, every, he, he just kind of bit utility. He just didn't get to do a lot. I kept confusing him with Roger Corman. I don't know why. I guess because his name Corman. I'm like. It's not the director. I know it's no, not, it's the, not director. the director. No, it's not the director. I mean, this won't mean anything to you, but for everyone else, every time I see him, all I can think is, that's Headley. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fucking Bond nerd. I gotta admit, like, another Renfield scene is when they catch him and throw him back in the loony bin, and they're like, oh, we're gonna do this plan uh, where we let Renfield out and go, you know, get uh, follow Dracula. And he throws him to jail. And then he comes back a second later. You're like, you're, you're going out. You're done. You, you've done your time. You you were good. He's like, you only threw me for a year for a second. Well, you've been good for that second. Well, that, that was a moment that you were good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you're right. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I guess let's face it. Like, we kind of opened with, like, oh, this movie is as good as other movies. And there's a lot of, like, really great moments in it. Yeah, there, there are. So that's the thing is this movie doesn't hit, like, 
constantly, and that's why you compare it to the bar that's set by the other Mel that, Brooks. That's the problem. It's L- not L- good. Yeah, no, you're you're hundred percent right. Something like Blazing Saddles is like joke, 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 joke. But this is like there's a you, joke, and then there's some breathing, and there's like a joke, and then they set up the next scene, and then there's a couple jokes. Like yeah. They, they, well, and, and actually, they had the comparison we talked about with all of the films in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Remember, we talked about like like all those like long, drawn out uh, scenes where they're just like it's a setting and it's like talking and they're plotting, but they're not actually doing anything yet. Like we had, we kind of had that theme throughout a lot of those films. Up, I, I think the only one that didn't really have that was the the latest uh, version of that with Coppola, because that movie is just like. It goes a lot faster Insane than the other Insane shit the whole time. Yeah, it's just bonkers. <laughs> right. So this movie, it's still trying to stay true to that formula. They're still trying to stay true to the older films, but he type, he is able to pepper in his humor. Um, so that's actually the thing. I, and I didn't want to jump right to it because uh, I'm, I'm kind of pulling BS uh, on what I said earlier. Compared to the other films, I don't like this film as much, but I also feel like this movie is one of those movies that it's like the ugly stepchild. <laughs> like it's actually still a Mel Brooks movie, so it's still funny and it's underrated. But it, it isn't as good. I mean, I, I can definitely admit that. Um, but I think it gets a lot of a lot of flack uh, whenever like we've been sitting here talking about all the the moments to watch it, and it's fun. It's a fun movie to watch. Well, well, like I said before, like in the beginning part, it kind of felt like Mel Brooks was like phoning it in in the beginning somehow and then like mel brooks just came in towards the end and and things started getting funny because i will admit i never heard of this movie before uh, i was like mel brooks did a drag i know he did a frankenstein movie but the I- same thing happened to me like i was completely unaware this movie existed for a long time i have a box set people watching the video can see it sitting here in the back that has a bunch of his movies but it's missing Spaceballs, life stinks the producers and this and i was aware of the others just kind of coincidentally, except Life Stinks. Life Stinks and Dracula Dead and Loving It, I didn't even know existed for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then later I was like, oh, there's two Mel Brooks movies I've never seen. Well, it's Dracula. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think a big part of the reason this movie suffers is because it's an adaptation of Dracula. I think, I, I don't know, like it, it's the most faithful adaptation of the book, presumably. That's what I've been told. But it shouldn't have been. It's a lot more faithful than I thought it would have been, mm-hmm. but it's not the most. Yeah, so, so I want to hear that. Actually, since we that was one of the reasons I picked it up. What What do you all think about that? Because clearly you're you're arguing the other. So what is your what What do you think is a closer adaptation to the book than than this? Honestly, the Universal one's pretty close. And uh, Francis Ford Coppola's is pretty close too. It's just he goes fucking crazy in it and makes it very stylistic. And they add some gauche. stuff, too, I guess, right? They add some things too. Mm-hmm. They embellish a little, but uh, I'd argue one of those two, probably the Universal one. I would say. I think our mutual friend was just three quarters drunk, drunk idiot drunk idiot saying yeah. shit to troll people <laughs> like me you knew like, it would bother drunk, me drunk history version of saying it i so i my opinion is the universal is 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 the most is it's probably the most accurate or most faithful 
And this movie is an homage to that as well anyway, right? Yeah. Like this movie, that's what this film is. So, like, it makes sense that it's very close to that. I, I, I think that the Coppola film is as faithful an adaptation as it is a complete derivative of it because, like, just takes its own liberties because they do so much extra and add to it. Uh, so, uh, I, I just think it's just different. It's just a different flavor. That's not a bad thing. I, I we've talked about it before. It was my favorite version, but the uh, but I, do, I think the Universal is the, the the strongest adaptation or most faithful to the book, and this is very close behind it because this is a very faithful adaptation of the Universal film, just with its own parody and comedy added to it. Yeah, it kind of felt like as I was watching this, this almost it feels like a parody, but also a tribute. Because there's a lot of mm-hmm. shots that line up real close. Some of the set design mm-hmm. very closely matches that movie. Um, yeah, like the weird uh, the Abbey on the Hill up you know at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. His his house when he's in the castle. Some of the rooms and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I noticed that watching that. Thoughts on uh, the scene the the ballroom scene whenever he's doing like the big dance and everyone it's revealed to them to everybody right there publicly that he's that he clearly he's something supernatural is going on that's neat because that's, that's very cool different idea. than any of the other takes i i thought it was a neat idea too it is different that, that is one thing that's not an adaptation from anything directly um because i think we learned before the we were talking about it the that's not even from the book. That's a uh, that's a thing that was picked up from the Universal film that they adapted, and uh, that vampires uh, didn't show the reflection. But the way they did it there was more of they discovered it, and it was very subtle, and no one said anything. But Van Helsing found a way to make it aware to Dracula that he knew, and they just had to, like, like this like almost this. Uh, secondary conversation that was like subtext that no one else was picking up on where this is very clear. Like he just outed him in front of everybody. It's like, Nope, there's something <laughs> wrong with you. You're not showing up in the mirror. And he's like, ah, and he breaks the mirror with the, the, uh, I think the camera furniture he throws at it, but he throws something at it to break it. They do and, keep that line. I really like uh, you're clever for a man who has not yet lived one full lifetime or whatever. Lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that too. It's um, not funny. Yeah. I just like it. You know. <laughs> Props to those. Whoever the hell they got to be like the stand-ins for them. Uh, Dracula and uh, Mina doing the dancing. Like those people. Holy hell. Mm-hmm. Like, the dancing of that was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was very, mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way Nielsen's doing that shit or the other chick. Those are <laughs> obviously some kind of yeah. professional dancers. Mel Brooks does this one thing that he always does in his movie, and I'll uh, I'll compare and contrast. You remember in Spaceballs when they found no. the, the, the well, not you, Zach, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. The, the 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 videotape of like we have Spaceballs and like you rewind and oh yeah yeah they, oh yeah they do it here yeah they the, do it with the Nos- modern like fourth wall breaking yeah they do like you have nose for all two it just came today yeah so <laughs> yeah. I was like that was that was neat, but that was just a nostalgia thing for me. Um, I don't know back then if people were like, oh, oh, when did Spaceballs come out? By the way, what year? Eighty. Eighty. Late eighties. It's it's like eighty seven, eighty eight. It came out. 
right I was going to say, it had to at least come out after Indiana Jones. That, I know that was a whole thing with like the main character. Like, don't don't make him look like Han Solo. So they made him look like Indiana Jones or something. <laughs> 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 they do. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But uh, as far as that goes, uh, I I thought it was funny they did the whole thing with uh, Nosferatu. I'm not going to lie. I thought it would have been way more hilarious when he said he got it in the mail. He pulled out an old, he pulled a VHS out and they, they blotched Nosferatu. Yeah, because funny. that would have just been like overly stupid, but because it, it fits more in line with the Spaceballs thing, but I also get why they didn't do that. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, he, he does do that a lot, and it's that fourth wall breaking, like self-aware advertising. Of, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you can go down and get this T-shirt, and he does that in all, all of his films, which is great. Spaceballs the lunchbox. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm trying to think what else. As far as uh, <laughs> Lucy dying was funny, I. I I the part where fucking Mel Brooks goes, well, if she, she would have lost if uh, blood, where's the blood? It's not on the sheets, and they're just like dumbfounded and stuff. And every time like mm-hmm. uh, Van Helsing, aka Mel Brooks, was like brought up Dracula, uh, the old man was like Dracula, <laughs> my daughter is a vampire. What? Like that mm-hmm. was the kind of back and forth, kind of like. Uh, Abbott and Costello kind of comedy a little bit back. I can explain Zat. Yeah, Zat. Zat, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the very heavy, like, German uh, words. You can explain Zat? And then then they didn't realize it, but later they'd talk in dialogue. And if anyone else repeated something he said, if they said that, they said Zat. They started saying it just like he did, Mm. which was stupid but funny. So it's clever stuff. Um, I mean, what did, overall, I mean, again, we're, we're agreeing. This is not. This is not his magnum opus. I don't think anyone's going to say that. But clearly, we've we've almost like reversed saying, "Oh, this is a bad movie." Like we all just talk about things we liked about it. It just doesn't. It doesn't stand against Saddles or, or Frankenstein. Yeah, but, yeah. I, mean, so I haven't seen a Mel Brooks movie. I wouldn't recommend. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's not true. I, I wouldn't recommend any watch anyone watch Twelve Chairs. I think you could watch it once. It's it's just, it's interesting because it like deals with the the Russian revolution. It's got an interesting kind of framing mechanism, but if I had to choose between this movie and all of Amy Schumer's stand up comedy, I'm watching Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I, 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 I actually, is that a compliment or an insult? Well, it's, I kind of gave it a half compliment for this movie. I will give this credit to uh, Dracula Dead and loving it. Like, I went into it negatively because, you know, you guys talked about it negatively. Um, and then also, again, me not into comedy, even though I know Mel Brooks is great and he has great movies, but I've never heard of this movie before. Mm-hmm. So, like, in the beginning, when, you know, the whole throat thing... Uh, I was getting annoyed. I was like, is this how it's going to be? Just I'm going to be watching Dracula with all fucking shitty jokes. And then it turned around. Like when Van Helsing came in, I was like, all right, this is a Mel Brooks movie. Uh, and then there was some parts that kind of coasted a little where again, where it gets into the Leslie Nielsen comedy where it's like overdone too much. Um, like sometimes he hits, sometimes mm-hmm. he misses. And then I go, all right, can I get to the next scene? Mm-hmm. And every that's why I said Renfield was underrated, because every time he showed up, 
my ears, my my ears, my, I guess my ears kind of perked up, and I was like, I had full attention. Um, so I appreciate that. So, in my opinion, I recommend this. Um, it's probably a you know a one-off if you if you're out of all Mel Brooks movies and you, you need to watch one more, I guess watch this. Mm. Yeah. This is one of those movies that it is actually good to have a little expectation because if you have the expectation of I've watched other Mel Brooks films and I I oh this is going to be great and you watch this you're going to be disappointed. But if you just want to watch a movie that is solid and it's funny, this is a fine movie to watch. So that's part of the reason I think it was good that you had low expectations because if you went into this thinking it was going to be like the other films, then you would not have been happy. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, so clearly I'm I'm gonna say I recommend it. I, I think it's it's definitely worth watching, especially if you are a fan of Mel Brooks' stuff or, or Dracula or any of the others. So, um, and just in general, it's a solid movie. But I I wouldn't say it's it's gonna be mind blowing or anything. Um, Andy, what what's your take? You recommend? Yeah, I re- I recommend. Kind of already said. It. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you already kind of made that the line of you haven't watched a Mel Brooks film, you wouldn't recommend. Yeah, all right, no, Zach. Definitely worth watching. What's your takes? Yeah, so you've already you've watched Young Frankenstein, which I know we didn't actually raid or anything, but now that now that you got to go deeper into the tank with with Mel Brooks, what what do you think of this movie? Do you recommend it? Uh yeah, it's okay. I could give it like a light recommendation, I guess. It's pretty fun. It's pretty funny in spots. Uh, not as funny or entertaining as Young Frankenstein is. Um, mm-hmm. It's not even close. Yeah, you kind of get by on this, I think more. Uh, is like, hey, how much do you like Dracula? You want to see Mel Brooks take a stab at making fun of it? You can, you, you can probably sell it more based off of that than being a Mel Brooks movie. Uh, and yeah, you don't even know what that means yet, though. I know, I know. That's <laughs> I don't even know what that means. So, <laughs> but uh, it, that's basically all I can say right now. So. Okay, well, good. Well, I, I would say if you walk out of this with being able to say that you recommend it in any capacity, then that is, to me, that is positive. Because, again, with the context of this film, this it's one of those movies that is just widely looked at. Like, you, if you had to skip any Mel Brooks movie, this is the one. And that's, I think it's very unfair of this for this movie. It's underrated. But, um, so, we got four more movies to watch. The three of the four are locked, and I've already locked what order we're watching them in. So that that's set, and I'm not going to reveal any more than that. It's very obvious what some of them are, but or I think at least one of them is. I have had a hard time choosing for the next one. So the two films I am between, and I've went back and forth, are History of the World Part One and the original Producers. Uh, it has been a while since I've watched either one, but I, I really enjoyed both of them. Um, I've more recently watched the newer take of the producers than the old. Um, the producers is is kind of good if, if we're going more for the history of Mel Brooks because it's the very first movie that he, he directed. Um, but History of the World is, in my opinion, a little funnier. Yeah, History uh, of the World Part 1 is definitely the funnier of the two. But if you yeah. need like a more comprehensive look at Mel Brooks, it would be the producers. But it's not like it's a, I guess we'll watch the producers like it was with Dracula Dead and Loving It. It's producers a good movie. Oh, it's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, 
Exactly. So they're both really funny. So I was going to leave it up. I, there's three of you. I'll, I'm going to leave it up to a vote just to see. Because Zach's going to be like, I don't know either one. So I'll watch, uh, I'll vote for whichever. But um, I wanted to see what you all thought about that. Uh, yeah. those, are the, those are the two films that are up in contention. And I'm honestly split. If we can't come to an agreement, I'll flip a coin. That's kind of where I'm at. Uh, Zach, for, for your, just because all you know is the title. The Producers is about um, two producers in New York who figure out if they make a play that bombs, they can actually make more money back due to some weird tax bullshit. So they're trying to make the worst Broadway play ever made, and um, History of the World Part and One America is literally just about Hitler. Yeah, uh, History of the World Part One is literally just a bunch of short vignettes of periods in history: ancient man, Moses carrying the Ten Commandments, uh, Roman period, the um, Inquisition, and it's just like slapsticky gags. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both they're both great in their own way. You probably would recognize like individual screenshots or or thing or quotes and stuff from history of the world or the producers for that matter, because they're they're also uh, fairly iconic for the time they've made. So or they were made. So I, I think either are good. Dubs, what what do you think? I think if we want to get Zach into the full Mel Brooks mode, I would go with History of the World Part One. Um, because producers is good. Um, but I think if we want to give Zach the the full experience, I would go history to part uh, history of the world part one. Okay, Andy, what are what are you? Thinking? I'm having a hard time because the producers is great, and it's been the longest time since I see, seen that one. It's got Gene Wilder in it. I fucking love Gene Wilder. On the other hand, history of the world the funnier of the two movies and it's got Madeline Kahn in it. It's got Dom DeLuise in it. It's got Cloris Leachman in it. Um, you saying, you're saying the same thing I am. And that makes me lean towards saying history of the world. So why, why don't, why don't we do history of the world part one? Mainly because you and I have the same take. It is the funnier film. And yes, if we want to get Zach into this, I, I, especially because I think he's going to like the humor in it. I, I think that's the better one to go with. Producers is a great movie, though, to go back and watch. Or some other time later, we can always try to find the time to watch it. Yeah, but honestly, if I, now that I know we're not going to watch The Producers, I might try to watch it on my own because I've really just been wanting to watch it the last couple of years, and now it's worse than ever because we're talking about Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. Or, why not both? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, that's what right. I'm going to do. I'm going to watch them both. Yes, you can, but there, there's a reason why we're not watching it during the the month because the other three are locked. Uh, I, I'll just go ahead and I'll, I'll go ahead and do it because I realize after two of the three are already spoiled. So we're gonna watch we're gonna watch History of the World Part One for next week, and the other movies in no particular order. But you kind of already know we are gonna watch Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, yes. We are gonna watch we are gonna watch Spaceballs. Yes. And I can't wait for that argument. That's gonna be fun to talk about. And then we are gonna watch Blazing Saddles as our finale. Noise. AKA the greatest we're movie talk ever about made. How Blazing Saddles is the most overrated comedy movie ever. And we're mm. going to talk about how great Blazing Saddles is genuinely one of the funniest movies ever made. And I'm not racist for thinking that. That's that is my my entire panel. Also, <laughs> I have scientific evidence that Blazing Saddles is one of the best hangover cures. I I like to hear I'll, that. I'll get I to that also, later. I would agree. And uh, I have facts that Blazing Saddles 
will get you women. I don't know. I just pulled that out of my ass. It's, where are all the white you women? You live forever. <laughs> where, where are all the white women at? Uh, there is there is at least a, a, a reference to wrestling within that. Uh, one of the characters from Blazing Saddles is uh, is where they got the name for one of the other or nicknames for one of the guys that uh, is a four horseman. So I'll leave that as what, what it is. Dubs knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Zach, if you don't know, it's okay. You'll, you'll know eventually. Totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm. Well, don't worry. We're just leave yeah. it as it is. But uh, but yeah. all right. So uh, also, uh, I, you know what? I'm gonna call my shot. I'm gonna watch the producers before the next episode. I'm doing it. I'm gonna watch two movies. I might watch two movies too. Yeah. Wow. You know what? I I'll do it too. We'll we'll have a sidebar of oh, what's this movie? Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll do we'll do it when we do what the hell you've been watching, playing, or doing. We don't have to do a full review. We just talk about it real quick. Um, but, Bonus. but remember what, uh, history of the world part one, uh, watch that for next week and we'll talk about it. And then, uh, and then we'll, you know, is that going to be an, ar- I don't think that's going to be an argument. I think we're going to be talking about a lot of funny moments. So it's probably gonna be more of a positive episode, even though we ended it, ended uh, this movie on a positive note too. Um, I think this was more of a let's find the things to, to seek out to make it look better because it's like, oh, okay, well, there's a lot of faults and things get, they get, we're not going to do that about any of the other movies. The re- the rest of the time we're going to talk, we're going to be talking about hilarious ass movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe the only thing that's interesting is that argument about space balls. I, I, I'd be interested to see what everyone thinks about Robin Hood too. But in general, these movies are, are like start to finish. You're going to be laughing. History of the world has some bumps in it. I think silent movie is, is the better of the two, but I know that I'm in the minority on that one. I've never seen Silent Movie, so that's oh, like... you should. It's great. Oh God, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but news-wise, I we don't have anything. Uh, Modern Warfare Two came out. Uh, people are already insane levels on that shit. Um, I've heard the prestige. What? Yeah, I heard the campaign is great. Me too. I want to play it. Yeah, and. Uh, to kind of give a sad update, by the way, um, the Twitch streamer who went to TwitchCon and then broke her back, apparently she was pregnant, and she had to get an abortion in order to get her surgery. Um, Jesus Christ. So, Fuck. How'd she break her back? She jumped in a foam pit, but they didn't put enough foams, and she, her, her, she pretty much landed on cement. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they they made a foam pit that was like less than six inches deep or something. So it was clearly like if anyone jumps in this, they're gonna die. That really sucks though. I, hopefully she's able to get compensation for that because that's that's gotta be like that's a horrible thing to have to go through. Yeah, to have to go through a, a miscarriage in that way. And by the way, she wasn't the only one. Hers was more devastating, obviously, because of losing a child and uh, also breaking her back. Uh, yeah. But there was like three more injuries. On that same uh, TwitchCon. What the fuck? So glad you just said injury. I thought you were gonna say three more abortions. I was like, holy! I'm not laughing at the abortions. I'm laughing at the idea. That phone pit at TwitchCon aborted more children than all of Texas in one weekend. 2022 had record-breaking levels of abortions. Who knew? You just want to save some money, just make a fake phone pit. And they, they and they didn't have to go to Planned oh, Parenthood. Right. They just fucking jumped in a foam pit. God. Well, no, the right, jumping in the foam okay. pit didn't cause the abortion. 
So when did they? It took four of them for them to be like, okay, something's fucked up with this pit. <laughs> well, people were injured before her, but hers is like she broke her fucking back. The others. <laughs> Yeah. So it kept going until the worst one happened. Yeah, it's kind. It's kind of like, real, like oh, I got car horse. It's kind of like real life when, like, uh, you know, when they do recalls on cars because they like fucking malfunction. Like they wait a while until like they have too many that are dead uh, in order to do recall a, a fucking car part or something like that. Okay, I guess we're taking a loss on this. Yeah, but uh, other than that, news wise, kind of been shitty. Like I said. The, Resident Evil, they had all those uh, pretty much splooged out. And then the Silent Hill games. Uh, we talked about that last week. Which I still don't understand Silent Hill F. I want to know more about that than the actual remake. And oh, here's the news. The Last of Us TV show, they leaked out the uh, the month. It's going to be in January, it seems like, as far as the premiere. So if you have HBO Max, the Last of Us TV show is going to be coming out. I'm actually excited to see that. And someone broke street date on God of War Ragnarok and uh, Santa Monica Studios had to be like, yeah, don't spoil it. Yeah, I saw, I guess someone ordered a PlayStation 5 from PlayStation Direct and it was supposed to come with Horizon and it turned up with, with fucking God of War. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and the guy was like, I guess I ordered God of War now. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> And I know I keep on saying I have nothing, but the one thing about the Modern Warfare 2, the physical media, it was like apparently like 700 gigabytes, but like, uh, not 700, like 75 gigabytes. And then the whole game and shit was like almost in the 900 gigabytes or 700. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck is going on? What, what is the point of the CD if you're just going to pop it in and everything's downloaded? It's not even taking up the whole fucking capacity yeah. of the disc. It's like... Yeah, it's kind of retarded. Oh, it... God damn it! Henry Cavill is not going to be the in Witcher anymore. Oh, That's yeah. right. They're recasting him. And everybody's pissed. Superman. Yeah. He's going to be su- they t- Superman. They took a baby, baby Thor. Yeah, Liam Lee- Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah, Liam. Brother of Chris. Apparently, Henry Cavill... Yeah, I have a feeling that's... Go ahead. I was going to say, Henry Cavill is such fucking... He's he's a nerd because, like, when shit started getting bad with the lore, he pretty much said, yeah, I can't do a next season of Witcher. (laughs) Yeah, I I found that really interesting. I haven't watched the show, but someone put a bunch of, like, headline blurbs all next to each other over the course of the last several years, and then, like some some text from some articles and basically he was like i only want to do this if we stay faithful to the books i love the books and like around season two uh the author the original author was like on set and he remembers hearing people making fun of the source material and uh then they were like changing stuff and henry cavill was like this isn't what i wanted i wanted it to stay true to the original and then the last one is like henry Henry cavill has left the witcher It's like, well, he fucking told you. Why are you being assholes? What's with the, what's fun with Hollywood making fun of like source material or just dis- disrespecting it and shit? Yeah. I understand. Yeah, I mean, it, he made it clear like he doesn't hate Zack Schneider, but he's like, yeah, I don't like Zack Schneider's Superman. <laughs> like that's like he uh... now it's gonna be James Gunn's. Is, so I guess there's some news. James Gunn is gonna run the stupid uh, 
DC nonsense. That's pretty interesting because yeah. I think he could do it actually a, a pretty I hope he yeah. like stays with the 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 vibe of I guess of Superman but he could do it in a comical way I guess. I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily yeah. would be a lot of comedic tones cuz like I don't know the the new Suicide Squad movie it was pretty funny but it also had some pretty serious moments at times uh or like character moments that were like, whoa, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's we're a. Guaranteed, he's... We're guaranteed two things with with James Gunn. Go ahead, Andy. Sorry. Hmm? Oh, I, I was just gonna say, like, as far he, I know, he's an excellent producer and filmmaker and and whatever else. But I'm really worried that this is just gonna make DC exactly like Marvel. It's gonna make everything have like pop music, and everyone's gonna behave like they're in college, and everyone's gonna be smart, quippy, smarmy guy. And that, it's going to make, about, sorry, who said that about Marvel recently where everybody's like, everybody behaves like they're in college. Somebody... Yeah, I saw that. I saw that too. That's why I said it just now. I can't remember who said it. And I was like, Hey, that, that, I actually, I, I kind of see what they're getting at. Oh, yeah. it was, um, it was, uh, um, God damn it. James Cameron. Uh, James Cameron. That was it. I was like big, big director whose name I can't remember. James Cameron said that, but, yeah. uh, but anyway, like they'll probably be very good, very competent, very, money making entertaining movies but and you know i didn't like the dc movies so much i didn't really watch a lot of them though so maybe that's on me at least they were different and now i'm worried they're not going to be different anymore now i now i'm worried it's just going to be more marvel but with dc characters i mean not necessarily different in a good way like a lot of the movies are like overly dark and serious to the point that it's like okay get over yourself edgy stupid but yeah. uh I think at least if depending on what if he if he has enough say in it, the films are going to have two guarantees. I we're gonna there's going to be some humor, which is actually I think a good thing because because of how dark some of the films are, there is some light that's needed. I I really enjoyed the last the latest version of the Suicide Squad because it still was a good story and there were still some good beats in it, but it had that light tone throughout. The other thing is that James Gunn's just really good at picking a soundtrack for a movie. That's what I was going to say. So pop, the music every movie is going to have a pop soundtrack. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say a pop soundtrack. It's, he, I think he does a good job of finding a theme or a tone for one thing or another, but I, I think the music's going to be good for it. But I agree. If he makes everything the same, it's not going to be great. That'll just yeah. depend. I mean, I'm He's, just depending. I'm, I'm curious what the how they're going to transition anyway, because Black Adam has been... a a divisive thing like some people are like, oh it's great and it's like i think it's done decently well commercially but uh i've read very mixed stuff on it i haven't personally heard of anyone going to it and watching it and liking it or disliking it i guess i haven't really heard anybody that's seen it yet but from what i've read some people are like oh this movie's really meh and some people are like oh it's all right so i don't know have you guys have you guys watched it yet i haven't had a chance to go see it yet no. Yeah. yeah, I've I've just heard that people are popping for Henry Cavill, which I am too. Because out of every superhero that needs a trilogy, like a fucking good trilogy, or at least tried a trilogy, is fucking Superman. Um, you know when Superman Returns happened, I was excited, and then it just fell. And then Man of Steel happened, and I mm. just I I have beef with fucking Zack Snyder. I just didn't like it that much. 
Uh, but I, I, I kind of, it kind of, it's starting to grow on me, the Man of Steel. Uh, but Justice League, man, uh, Superman, the whole, that, that whole sequence that he does in that, I just didn't care for. Um, but if you get a good director of it, um, would you want to see John Williams do a Superman, uh, score? I thought they got the original theme back. I saw something about that. Oh, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see that. No. no, I saw something like, oh, the, the original theme, it's part of Superman, so we got it back or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm. Yeah, but um, other than that, I think that's all the news. Any any uh, last words, guys? I have one tiny piece of news that uh, everyone's going to think is stupid, except maybe Zach. Uh, in 1995, Sega announced that they were going to release an adults-only FMV game called uh, Sacred Pools. I don't know, it's some like weird space future bullshit. The Earth gets destroyed and you go to space. It doesn't matter. It was going to be adult-oriented. It was maybe going to be adult-only. And uh, they spent 2 to $3 million on it, and then it disappeared because it was 1995 and it was an FMV yeah. game. And they're like, God damn it, we can't release this. And it's been lost for for since 1995, lost media. It turned up like... Very recently, some guy who worked as a tester for Sega had a copy of it just like sitting around, so he gave it to the right people and they have got it online. Sega had Sega in 1995 had produced versions not just for the Saturn and the PC, but for the PlayStation. They had a PlayStation version going, and no one really knows the full story behind what the hell's going on with that. And uh hey. I like they're they're kind of rolling out gameplay footage of it and eventually you're gonna be able to burn it and play it, which I'm definitely gonna do because it looks like a, just a glorious FMV trash fire. But uh yeah, it's uh, they sh- it's FMV, so they shot the whole thing. They got real actors and they shot the entire thing, they spent three million dollars and they're like, Oh man, this game is terrible, we can't release this, and they just washed their hands of it. <laughs> So I don't know. Ch- check out uh, check out coverage about uh, sacred pools. <laughs> Stupid name. Sounds dude. like mid ninety Sega to me. Yeah, it sure does, doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds like something mid ninety Sega would do. Hey, we're gonna make an really only game also the... for the PlayStation. Ah, never mind. We're not gonna do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's what intrigues me. Is like what negotiations were going on there? Because timeline wise, that's like the same time Nintendo and Sony are trying to come up with a deal and get the. Uh, the N64 PlayStation type of there, hybrid or whatever. There was no, a that brief. Was, that was uh, that was in the SNES period. That came and went by the time 1995 rolled around. Uh, uh, was it? Phillips, oh, was it 1995 when that had, like had just ended? Phillips they got moved on the, and just made the PlayStation. Phillips got the shrug at CES in '93, and then Sony was working with them from then until like '94, '95, and then Nintendo like. You know, was it was a douche about it, and like just kind of like dropped right out of it. And Sony was like, "Well, we spent all this time. I guess we'll fucking make a game console." I I found out uh, somewhat recently, like I think within the last couple of years or something, that Sega had a ble- a brief flirtation with Sony about the PlayStation. Uh, it was talked about internally. Uh, I think Tom Kalinsky was somebody that really pushed for it, and uh, I think oh, in yeah. Japan. In yeah, Japan, they, they talk couple, about it in console wars. Yeah, they, yeah, in Japan, I think some people considered it over there. They're like, "Nah, fuck them." So that maybe that was why they were just they had they were developing it for PlayStation. It's implied somewhat in console wars that Sega Japan didn't want to do it because it was Kalinsky's idea. 
Like, of course, he, he he like did a really good job and talked to all the right people. And they had all this great technology that would have helped with the Sega CD and the Saturn a fucking lot. And they were like, no, we don't. Sega America never has good ideas. We don't want to do that. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't do anything good. <laughs> no. No, but anyone who's interested in that stuff, read Console Wars. It's great. It's very eye opening about that kind of thing. God damn. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cut it your nose off everyone. to spite your face. Yeah, they, you know, it's, it's they, I mean, 1995, Sega, I mean, is is there anyone more masochistic and self-destructive? I'll tell you what, yeah. Jesus Christ. Speaking <laughs> of hey, stores, go buy them. Oh. E- speaking of egos and, and spiteful things to do to, to hurt yourself instead, uh, you guys should check out Thursday. We're going to do our podcast on wrestling, get some color. Uh, and we're talking about Raw, right? Raw dogging it. Right at the end of the month. And we are exclusively raw dogging it the rest of the year with the exception of WCW pay per views. <laughs> yes. You guys gave up on because WCW? Spoilers. Yeah. That shit sucks. <laughs> yeah. WCW Saturday nights are hard to get through. They're painful. Well, that should be the thing most worth talking about from a historical standpoint. Like, you know, isn't that the most interesting mm. thing? Like, you guys don't have to watch the minutiae of every single fight, but like, the the rivalry like it's the rivalry didn't really like it wasn't a thing until pretty much the mid 90s like we're still we're still early like 93 like shit starts to stink real bad and the only time i would probably watch some in 94 not saying everything in 94 is fucking trash there was some gems in there but but you had to get through a lot of shit and like you had to be on drugs to watch some of that stuff to enjoy it all right. Well, you guys, you guys cherry pick the good stuff. Then uh, check out getting some color Thursdays. Also, you can just listen to it whenever you want on any podcast stream. And, and a podcast of surpassed Forever. Metal Gear should be worked on. Um, as far as our second, we're still like haven't released it yet, but we're recording some of that. So keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to mention our rebranding of our. Uh... Oh yes. So. The Nemesis project is going to be turned into a series name only. Uh, our main thing is going to be called Lost and Nightmares because we want to branch into other horror games because eventually Capcom is going to be like, we're out of ideas for like Resident Evil remakes and shit and new games. And it's going to be like a stale point in Resident Evil. And we're eventually going to catch up to all those games. I knew you guys way. would do this eventually. Yeah. It's the yeah. way of things. I mean, eventually we were wanting to talk about Silent Hill and shit. So it's just, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. This is the natural progression. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Um, that will be opening up some series for that. So, yep. New name, Lost in Nightmares. And we actually locked our handle on YouTube, which, by the way, if you have YouTubes, uh, you could you now can pick up your own handle name. You don't get that really long link anymore. It's weird because you can do it again because you used to be able to do it and then they took it away and now it's back. It doesn't make any sense. I I think what they're doing is they're trying to make it easy to uh, do live streaming because they're going to compete with Twitch soon. Uh, They've been trying to do that for years. Yeah, but this time there looks like they're changing some stuff because now they have like Tim the Tatman, Dr. Disrespect, all the big guys and they're mm-hmm. and they're telling them how they're going to you know fix the streaming on that. But we'll see if you want to catch all our uh, episodes here on Big Trouble Little Podcasts and getting some color and uh, podcasts that surpass Metal Gear and the Nemesis, everything, the Nemesis Project and everything. Uh, 
make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, um, Alexa, Amazon Music, all the big ones. And remember, we will see you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening.